Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly abundantly and overflowing joy. Tonight's message is Climate Change Theology. Climate Change Theology is the new worship experience. Most people in the United States believe the tenets of climate change theology. What are these tenets? Tenet number one, the planet is warming at an alarming rate because of human behaviors and animal methane production. Tenet number two, our complex computers now have the ability to project into the future and tell us what our climate will be like in a hundred years. And tenet number three, we must totally eliminate fossil fuels. Now, these climate change believers believe that we have to reduce carbon emissions and reduce carbon dioxide levels. How much truth is behind these statements? Yes, the planet is warming, and yes, people in industry have a part to play. But what is the magnitude of these factors? I'm so glad you asked. According to Dr. Steve Coonan, who is the former Undersecretary for Science in the Obama administration, who earned his theoretical physics PhD from MIT and then joined the faculty at Caltech as an assistant professor of theoretical physics and served as the Institute's provost for nine years, then joining British Petroleum as their chief scientist and then serving as the undersecretary for science at the U.S. Department of Energy. He was appointed the founding director of NYU's Center for Urban Science and Progress in 2012, where he is a professor in the Department of Civil and Urban Engineering. It sounds like Mr. Coonan has quite an extensive background and knows what he's talking about. And this is what he said. He said, our government's very own reports say that heat waves are no more common today than they were in the year 1900. He says, there are no more, there is no more hurricane activity today than there was a century ago. Floods have not increased in over 70 years. And I can tell you, when you listen, you listen to the mainstream media, that is not what they're saying. They actually say everything opposite of what I'm sharing with you. Steve Coonan goes on to say, Greenland's ice sheet isn't shrinking more rapidly today than it was 80 years ago. So all of this alarming news about global warming comes from one source, the media. See, it's not coming from people like Mr. Coonan who know what they're talking about. No, it's the media. And we are continually bombarded by these words, global warming and climate change. And, you know, it's not just the United States. This is a 
a worldwide phenomenon, especially among the global leaders of the world. They all like this terminology and all push this kind of stuff. According to Steve Coonan, making a model to predict years in the future has to, t- has to take into consideration the formation of clouds, which allow heat and sunlight. Now, how could one possibly predict how the clouds will be forming in 10 years from now, let alone 50 or 100 years from now? I mean, it really makes sense when you think about it. See, these people, I mean, they think we're stupid because they just spew this garbage to us ad nauseum, and we believe it. So basically, the models that they're using to tell us all of this are fallacious. You see, the more we learn about our climate system, the more we understand how complex it is. I want you to think about this for a minute. Our economy is changing from fossil fuels to green energy based on computer models. Think about just in the last two years, what has happened to our economy based on this climate change theology. The Keystone XL pipeline closed. New leases stopped. We're getting oil from Venezuela. I mean, we were absolutely energy. um, We didn't have to rely on anyone for energy. We were energy reliant here. We had enough of our own energy. And now we're getting oil from Venezuela, from other places. It, 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 nothing makes sense about that. And then because of it, now we have gasoline prices that are over the top. Fossil fuels are cheap. We in West Virginia understand fossil fuels. Green energy is not cheap. And I'm not opposed to some green energy, but here's what I'm concerned about as a born-again Christian. I'm concerned about the fact that climate change is the new religion. You see, the radical climate change believers worship the earth. The earth is their God. And above all this, the earth must be protected from humans and animals, primarily cows, which release methane that supposedly adds to the problem. Really? I I never bought that idea way back, and I certainly don't buy that idea now. There isn't almost a story. Any time we're talking about our economy, any time you hear Uh, whether it's news on the television or it's written news. There isn't a time that we don't hear about climate change and global warming. So we hear those things over and over and over. And think about this for a minute. 
if you hear that over and over, what, what do you think the rationale behind that is? It's an indoctrination program. And it was started many years ago. And at first, this indoctrination program, you see, it was very subtle. It was subtle. And, uh, but over time now that we have a radical left agenda in the current administration, oh, ho, ho. now it's not just a, a subtle thing. It's so overt. It's become the feature. It's the talking point. It's the propaganda that they push in our face. And you can't avoid it. Every young person that goes to college now bows to the climate change God. And your sons and daughters will come home from college and start getting radical about, you know, just simple things. (sighs) Here's what's worse. This is what's worse than the college students. We have pastors and churches getting on this same crazy bandwagon. Yeah. Well, I've kind of had it with all of that. So here's my take on the whole thing. As responsible citizens of this planet, yes, we should want to keep our air and water clean. That kind of makes sense, doesn't it? And there have been excellent measures put in place by industries not to pollute either of them. And car manufacturers, they know how to reduce emissions without, without having to make electric cars. But you see, the government's pumping money into these car manufacturers so that they'll make electric cars. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having them. We just print more money and we just go into greater debt. Well, I think you can understand I have a little bit of passion about this. Now, I think that electric cars will have a much more detrimental impact on the planet than just using gasoline because you have to mine lithium. And then once you have these batteries and the batteries are dead and they can't be used again, how will you dispose of all that lithium? Hmm, makes you want to scratch your head, doesn't it? Well, there are newer ways of cleaning coal and using it without polluting the planet. I live in West Virginia where coal is king. And there are new innovations that will be implemented to make coal even an even better alternative for electricity. And lastly... The whole climate change theology is a false doctrine being perpetrated by the World Economic Forum. You see, anything they want to push forward is not going to be in the best interest of the people. But let's see what the Bible says about who's in charge of the earth. So if you have your Bibles you can turn to Psalm 104. Now, I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version, so you can follow with me or whatever version you have. 
And I'm going to read the whole entire psalm. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. You cover yourself with light as with a garment, who stretch out the heavens like a curtain. He lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters, who makes the clouds his chariot, who walks on the wings of the wind, who makes his angels spirits, his ministers a flame of fire. You, who laid the foundations of the earth, so that it should not be moved forever. You covered it with the deep, as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke they fled, and at the voice of your thunder they hastened away. They went up over the mountains, they went down into the valleys, to the place which you founded for them. You have set a boundary that they may not pass over, that they may not return to cover the earth. He sends the springs into the valleys. They flow among the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. By them, the birds of the heavens have their home. They sing among the branches. He waters the hills from his upper chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your works. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle and vegetation for the service of man, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine that makes glad the heart of man oil to make his face shine, and bread with which strengthens man's heart. The trees of the Lord are full of sap, the cedars of Lebanon, which he planted, where the birds make their nests, the stork has her home in the fir trees, and the high hills are for the wild goats, the cliffs are a refuge for the rock badgers, he appointed the moon for seasons. The sun knows it's going down. You make darkness, and it is night, in which all the beasts of the forest creep about. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their food from God. When the sun rises, they gather together and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until the evening. O oh Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. This great and wide sea in which are innumerable teeming things, living things both small and great, there the ships sail about. There is that Leviathan, which you have made to play there. These all wait for you, that you may give them their food in due season. What you give them, they gather in. You open your hand, they are filled with good. 
You hide your face. They are troubled. You take away their breath. They die and return to their dust. You send forth your spirit. They are created. And you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He looks on the earth and it trembles. He touches the hills and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. May my meditation be sweet to him. I will be glad in the Lord. May sinners, he cons- may sinners be consumed from the earth, and the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Well, let's look at this psalm for just a second. We see that the Lord has made, he has set all the boundaries. So the ocean can't go any further than where it is. And the, um, the pools of water, uh, where they're situated, different lakes in different regions of the world, those lakes can't go any further than they are. They have been created in such a way that there is a boundary and they can't pass over the boundary, the Bible says. So he has set everything in place. He has set the springs in the valleys, the mountains, and uh, the lakes and the streams give drink to the animals and the birds and the trees. He causes this grass to grow for the cattle. Now, I mentioned about, you know, they want to eliminate cattle. The World Economic Forum wants to get rid of all cows, not just a few cows, all cows. We don't need cows, so let's just get rid of them. Well, cows also give milk, not just meat. So it, it, it gets a little it gets a little crazy when you start listening to what they have to say. But the Bible says he causes the grass to grow for the cattle and vegetation for the service of man to bring forth food from the earth. And everything has its place. The birds are in their nests. The storks are in their trees. The high hills are for the goats. And he has appointed the moon for seasons. He he has perfect timing. And everything functions according to God's timing. And he has created a beautiful earth. In fact, he said in Genesis 1, when he was done with creating the earth, he said, it is good. So we don't worship the earth. We worship Jesus Christ, God the Father and the Holy Spirit, who created the earth that we inhabit. But we are not worshipers of the earth. And the earth doesn't become the primary thing where we actually, the World Economic Forum wants to depopulate people, 
They want to depopulate the world. Get rid of people. Kill them off. To actually save the earth. That is so radical and so out there, but it's the truth. You can go to, you can buy Klaus Schwab's book called The Great Reset and read all about it. He has it right in there. He'll tell you how, he, how they want to depopulate the world. But God wants to keep populating the world. And he wants more people to come into the kingdom. So our agenda, God's agenda, is in polar opposite to the world economic form and this climate change theology that we are constantly bombarded with. The Lord, um, you know, he, he's got this all together. I mean, he is sovereign God. He's got it all together. He knows exactly how this is all going to play out. We don't have to buy in to this climate change thing. Yes, we need to be good citizens of our planet. But that's where it ends. I'm going to take you to um, 2 Peter, chapter 3. Let's look at what Peter writes about what's going to happen to the earth. He said, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir, you up, stir up your pure minds by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Now listen what he says. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts. Well, we see that, don't we? And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of godly men. Uh-oh, somebody better tell the climate change believers that this earth is reserved for fire. Honest to goodness, I think if someone told them that, it would set their hair on fire. I think they would go ballistic. But there's one even better than this. We'll turn to the book of Revelation. And we'll see what the ultimate end is of the earth. And why we don't have to buy into climate change theology, and we absolutely should not. And why we don't have to go along with all of that crazy stuff. This is what it says in Revelation chapter 21. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first earth and the first for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. 
Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Wow. Somebody better not tell the climate change believers. I mean, if they get wind of this stuff, this might make them, well, they might be headed for a sanitarium if they learn the truth. No, I'm just kidding, folks. I'm just kidding. But really, there are some people who are so radical about this. And I mean, they are true believers of climate change theology. And so if you told him that the earth was going to uh, be reserved for fire until the day of judgment, whoo, I'm telling you, I can't imagine what the response would be. And then if you tell him, geez, after that, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Ah, how are they going to respond to that? Well, you and I know the truth. We know what we're headed for. We know that Jesus is coming back soon. So they can spout all this stuff and spew it forth as truth and the gospel of climate change all they want. It's not going to change what God says in his word. It's not going to change what I believe. I hope it's not going to change what you believe. Because we have to stand on the word in these last days, in these last hours of the last days. We have to stand on the word of God. It is the truth. It is the absolute truth. And there's no wishy-washiness about any of it. It is the truth of the gospel. God said it. He meant it. And that's the way it's going to be. I say, so be it. And amen. Well, thank you for listening to that. And I hope that you will... Read your Bible, get in the Word, and learn more about the Lord. Amen. Well, this is Don Noble. You can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again. You can download the iHeartRadio app, go to Pure Heart Ministries podcast, and listen 24-7. And of course, I always ask for your prayers. Prayer is so important to me. And please, please pray for this ministry. And thank you for sending your financial gift to help support this ministry. I need your help. This is an expensive uh, station to be on. And uh, I feel privileged to be on this station. But um, please send your financial support to Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85. Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. That's Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. I look forward to being with you again. This is Don Noble saying, Shalom, Shalom, peace be unto you. <music>